Hey, everybody. Welcome into the Mid-State 48. Boy, it feels good to say this. It's week one of the 2021 high school football season in Middle Tennessee. I'm Chris Brooks, and alongside me, Tom Duggan and Scott Burton. Guys, congratulations. We made it. We made it. Good to be here, too, guys. Good to be at week one, and uh, let's hope for a, a normal season. I, I'm as normal as we can get it, for sure. Guys, I know everybody's excited about high school football again, and uh, I hope the stands are going to be packed throughout the season, and uh, we just have a good year because we've got a lot of really good teams in the Mid-State this year. Well, as excited as we are, just by the uh, the attendance of the Jamborees, I think everybody's ready for football, and I think everybody's ready for this season I think uh, the teams are ready to put last year behind them, except unless you actually were the ones who lifted the, the gold ball. Uh, so it, it's, I think, going to be a good year. How can it be bad when you got football on this week? Can't complain about it too much. And you make a mention of the crowds of the Jamborees, man. Shout out to whoever was on the grill at East Robertson because, man, that's smelled amazing. My stomach was growling all night. Just wanting, I wanted food pretty much the whole time. But you know, the smells of football are, are something else too, not just the sounds and the sights. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a a really great atmosphere Friday night. Uh, Chris, you, know, you were at East Robertson. Tom and I were at Macon County for the Industrial Bowl. Um, and and let me tell you, those uh, those teams traveled. They they actually uh, the Macon stands were were packed. The visiting stands were packed, um, you know, and they stuck around. You know, you, you got to see crowds that actually stuck around and watched a little bit of the other games and, and things like that. So I think everybody's, uh, everybody's ready. I know we are. Yeah, that's true. And I think that was a testament, guys, to just how much people have missed high school football by the fact that they did stay around. I mean, Scott, you and I both saw down just about to the final horn, there was still an excellent crowd there in Lafayette. And uh, I think people just ready to get out, watch some football, and uh, they weren't ready to go home. They they wanted more football. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same, kind of the same at East Robertson as well. They had seven games over there. And from start to finish, even though we were delayed about 30 minutes by lightning, it, from start to finish, the crowds just started building and building, and by the end of the night, it was a great crowd. Yeah, you pulled kind of a two for you. had like two full games over there. No, more than that. It was like three and a half. <laughs> it was a long night. Seven halves yeah. of football is a, long, a lot of football, but uh, still some great football play, being played out there. And Good for good for these kids to be able to have a normal run-up to the, to the 21, 2021 regular season because, man, like you said, we're ready to put 2020 behind us. Well, and, you know, we can't forget about uh, that uh, the Jamboree at uh, Smith County either. Yep. That was uh, Saturday night. There was uh, quite a few people there. Uh, you know, Livingston brought theirs with uh, Smith County. Uh, you want to talk about – I got there early because I wanted to make sure I got a good parking spot, and it about killed me. The smoke coming from that lower <laughs> field grill was just blowing, you know, Straight up, and there was just enough humidity in the air that it kept it right at car level <laughs> the whole time. Yeah, that's one of the things I think I missed the most last year was was you know having concession stands and everybody grilling and stuff like that. You know, you didn't have a lot of that because of COVID, and you know just to have even those grills fired back up, man, that's that's going to be something to look forward to too. I mean, oh, yeah, you can't have football without food. Just can't. And, and it'd be great to see bands again. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, you know, so many bands uh, did not, they either sent partial groups or, or they weren't there at all. 
uh, it was, uh, it'll be great to see those. We got to see a few cheerleaders out there. Uh, it was good to, to see the cheer groups and the, and the parents that were supporting them uh, out there. So, you know, people tend to think of football as a, uh, as a, just the sport, but there's just so many accoutrements and, and so many people that go around with it, that it, it's really a community event. Uh, and, and, you know, it's what's great. It's one of those uniquely American things. Well, guys, kudos to the parents, too, because at Lafayette the other night, they were giving the refs all kinds of heck, and, uh, you know, you missed that call, and you're blind. I just Parents are already in midseason form, guys. They, they've uh, they've obviously been training in the offseason, and they're already ready to go. <laughs> I don't think they ever get out of midseason form. If they go to practices, they're kind of the same way. So exactly. uh, just, just circle the square a few times, and you'll, you'll hear them out there. <laughs> And that goes through every town, not just Lafayette, but uh, oh. every town out there too. So, yeah, yeah, and, oh yeah, everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah. Ref, ref critiques are obviously, you know, they never went out, it never went away. <laughs> never never went. will, I'm afraid. Never no, will. No. Part of it again, part of the atmosphere. Oh yeah, yeah, I love it. But uh, yeah, uh, great to have the atmospheres back. That that's one thing we missed last year, and when we get to these games on. Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. You know, a lot of intriguing matchups in week one. Week one tends to have a lot of really good games. And of course, they're non-region games for pretty much all around the area, but just a lot of intriguing matchups. And we'll get to some of these later in the show. But I want to ask y'all, you, you've kind of seen some of the games that we're going to pick later on. What's one or two that stand out to you the most and why? Well, the the Pearl Cane Ridge game to me is uh is one that stands out to me and, and simply for one reason, uh, Metro schools, you know, Metro schools did not get to have an off season. They didn't get to do, uh, they could only do outside conditioning drills, couldn't do any weightlifting, things of that nature. Uh, really had a hard time instituting, uh, uh, you know, systems and, you know, getting out there and, and to see them out there with a full off season under their belt, really being able to show what they can do. I think that to me, uh, and it being the first one of the first games out out of the gate, uh, it's gonna have it's gonna be an electric atmosphere. Uh, that to me is what I'm looking forward to is those metro schools being able to get back out there and and do what they do. Well, guys, there's about three teams I'm very anxious to see that uh, I had a chance to see in the preseason. Right off the top is going to be CPA playing at Independence. I think a very good test right out of the gate on the road for CPA. They are loaded with talent, but again, you're going on the road week one, you know, things kind of getting back to normal crowds being there and all that. How will they handle the atmosphere? Gallatin's another team. I was so impressed by their defense watching them against Riverdale. Offense had some struggles, still trying to find their way, particularly in the in the quarterback department. But that defense looked really strong for Coach Chad Watson. I want to see kind of how they bounce back. And they've got a good one this week at Mount Juliet as well. The other team is Blackman. We talk about Oakland. We talk about Riverdale. But with Jack Reisner there at Blackman coming over from Brentwood Academy, I want to see this offense. Coach Tigard's offense, it's going to be a fast-moving offense. How long will it take to get it going? They put some points up. When I got the chance to watch them against Centennial, I'm really anxious to see how Blackman performs against what should be a good Brentwood team here in week one. Yeah, that's going to be one of the key games to watch for sure. You mentioned independence, and I'm I'm curious to see how they play at CPA as well because 
I think Independence honestly has some of the best receivers in the area, the best group of receivers in the area. You might not hear them as bigger names, but you've got Ty Lockwood, River Katina, and others catching passes from Joe Cummings. And that offense is going to be able to put some points up against CPA, I think. So I'm, I'm curious to see how that one how that one turns out because they didn't get to play last year. And, and it really could be a, one of the best matchups of week one, if not even the best. And uh, another one that I'm kind of interested to see, NBA and Ravenwood, because the quarterbacks there, Marcel Reed, Chris Parson, taking center stage and, and really kind of showcasing their talents against one another. That could be a fun night over there at Ravenwood. And uh, you know, Scott, you're headed over there for this that one this week. So uh, congratulations and enjoy that one. <laughs> yeah, that Chris, that was the my second one that I had uh, had circled up. And we'll cover that. And I, uh, we'll get more into that when we get into to who you got. But uh, you're right. You know, how how great is to start your season off with two power five recruits at quarterback uh, and, and two, you know, storied programs uh, out there. I, it's, uh, yeah, I, I'm very, very fortunate to be covering that game and very happy to be covering that game. So uh, it, it'll, I expect it to be a fun night. And of all the matchups, guys, I think NBA Ravenwood is the only time where it's the first meeting between the two teams. A lot of these others have some history about them. But uh, I, I, no, I take that back. It's their third meeting, but it's the first one since 2008. Let me go back in that. So it's been a rarity, and we've not seen this matchup in about 13 years. So this one ought to be a good one. Yeah, we talk about uh, these Division One, Division Two schools playing each other. You didn't see a lot of that a few years ago. But one thing COVID kind of did, cause kind of force coaches to do was was be creative in scheduling i mean you're now seeing more of these games between d1 and d2 teams and i think it's a good thing for the area in general just because you get better matchups that way yeah there might have been some consternation between the schools before before everything just totally split but you know there are really good games between d1 and d2 teams and the area football is better off for it oh absolutely i agree with that i thought Go ahead, Scott. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I got something. To do. I was just going to say it just, uh, you know, I, I agree with that. I think it's good to see that uh, we're seeing some of the D2 teams and, and some of the, you know, the uh, public schools starting to play one another. And you get these great matchups. We talk about CPA and independence going up head to head against one another. NBA Ravenwood. I think it's a good barometer for both programs, you know, especially these, you know, maybe some, in some cases, some of the smaller private schools are playing some of the bigger public schools. And uh, a lot of times you get a great matchup out of that. Yeah, you really do. I mean, even in the first couple of weeks, because I mean, Pearl Cone's going to play NBA next week. So right. NBA is starting out with two of them. Well, I was, I was just trying to look over the schedule and try to think of individual matchups. And one individual matchup that just kind of jumps out at me is I'm interested to see, uh, Cameron Houston with Macon County going up against Taylor Groves at East Robertson. I think that is going to be a really interesting matchup one on uh, one on one. Uh, it 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 may turn out to be you know that you know it turns into a totally different game, but I think that matchup is going to be very very interesting. Just looking at games that may be a little bit off the beaten path. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, Taylor Groves is one of those players in the Jamboree East Robertson that uh, really stood out. He touched the ball maybe three times and, and had big plays in all three. So you, you understand his big playability, and Ole Miss is going to love having him down there once he gets there. But for right now, East Robertson's going to reap the rewards, and, and the Indians are going to try to make some noise in, in Region 4 and Class 2A because of Taylor Groves and Sean Groves and another cast of characters that, quite honestly, could make that team a sleeper this year. 
got stuff in that region, 4-2-A with Charlestown County and Watertown. But, guys, any time you've got an SEC-caliber player on your roster, you're dangerous. And, uh, you know, Trousdale and Watertown, they better be watching. They better not sleep on East Robertson. And and I really like Trousdale this year in particular. But that's a dangerous team, and uh, I, I don't think it's one you want to take for granted on your schedule. Not in the slightest, and especially, you know, East Robertson, a hungry team, and Charleston, Watertown, worrying about each other. You never know. Somebody could come up and get them. But that's going to be one of the curious matchups of week one. We've got plenty more to talk about, and we're going to dive into some of these week one games in just a little bit. So let's take a break, and we will come right back after this. This is the Mid-State 48, presented by 615 Preps. I'm going to break there and then for the podcast and then I'll just, I'll cut this for video. Yep. Cause I'm going to have, I'm going to have like a little graphic that'll get us in there. <clears throat> so, all right, three, two, one. So let's dive into some of these week one games. And I want we start with the one on Thursday night, Pearl Cone at Cane Ridge. Uh, Tom, you and I will be there for that one. Um, what are you most looking forward to out of this one, Tom? And then, you know, who do you think, you know, what, what's the keys to this game considering the way both teams finished last year? Wow. Uh, you know, Pearl Cone, I, I just feel like they got a little bit of a chip on their shoulder last year. You know, they lose to Milan in the state semis. Pearl Cone goes up to 4A. Guess who else goes up to 4A this year? And that's Milan. And I, I know Pearl Cone's not looking ahead that far ahead. They're going to have their hands full with Cane Ridge, certainly. Barry and Brown, I'm looking forward to seeing number seven out there for Pearl Cone. And uh, just this team that brings back a lot from a year ago. But Barry and Brown, folks, if you've not seen this young man yet, he is something to watch on a football field. He's going to be tough on uh, Cane Ridge. This Cane Ridge team, they've got a small senior class, but they've got a lot of good players coming back despite that. Just because sometimes you don't have a lot of seniors don't mean you don't have a talented roster. And uh, Cane Ridge certainly does. They're picked to win Region 66A by most accounts. And uh, let's not forget about offensive tackle defensive end Eric Gaston, the 6'6", 255, one of the top recruits in Metro Nashville. This uh, this young man wreaks havoc on both sides of the ball. A good matchup, but uh, Chris, I'm really excited to really see how Pearl Cone's explosive offense goes up against this Cane Ridge defense. Yeah, you mentioned having an SEC talent, and, and Barry Brown is that. I mean, he's going to be – a power five player somewhere, if not in the SEC. So, yeah, curious to see his impact. And Pearl Cone may look to get him the ball in a multitude of ways, not just at wide receiver, but they may run him out of the backfield. He may even line up under center sometimes. So they have ways to get him the football and let him make the maximum impact on the game, which he's aiming to do this year. You love to have that Swiss Army knife kind of player, and that's just what he is because he can line up anywhere and he can beat you lined up from anywhere. And that's why you know you've got to have somebody looking for number seven at all times. Yep. Going to be a fun one Thursday night. Hopefully the weather doesn't interfere with that one too. So uh, looking forward for sure to that matchup. And uh, another one, and Tom, you've already mentioned this earlier in the show, Brentwood at Blackman. You know, this was actually our fans' choice game of the week. The fans voted for this one to be covered this week, so we're going to head out there as well. Davis White at quarterback for Brentwood, and then Blackman, obviously, we mentioned their up-tempo offense. What do you look for out of this one? And, Scott, I want you to chime in as well. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Davis White uh, step into the role that is now his. Uh, I think that uh, in, in many ways that he is a 
very polished quarterback, maybe even more polished than Kate Granzow in certain in certain ways. Um, I'm looking forward also to seeing Aaron Walton, the 6'3", 215-pound uh, tight end. I think that he's going to be vital to White's development. I think that he's going to end up being his favorite target. And I, I really think that though the, the thing that comes out of this game the most is going to be what the system looks like that uh, channel, uh, that uh, Blackman, uh, Coach Tiger, is putting in um, this uh, you know speeded up offense uh, and how effective that is against some of these six uh, uh, A teams here. Yeah, and one thing that I'm looking for too is how quickly will they adapt to this offense? They did look good in the preseason. The one time I saw them, what I didn't get to see was Reisner quarterback because at that time he had a minor hand injury. And, of course, you're not going to put your starter out there and risk anything getting any worse in that situation. But this young man in Reisner, he comes with a, a, a lot of uh, – you know, a lot of hullabaloo behind him, and rightfully so. I mean, you got a big 6'5 kid, 200 pounds. You know, people are going to be taking a look at this young man. You mentioned Davis White. It's a good quarterback matchup between these two, and uh, I know we're saving picks, but, man, this is one I struggled on because I, I, I like both of these football teams, and I think this is going to be a heck of a game on uh, coming up on Friday night. One thing that I want to note for this, just for this particular game, is because Brentwood seems to kind of, maybe be a forgotten team because we're talking about Raymond. We were talking about summit. We're talking about independence. Brentwood's still there guys. And and they're obviously still having their eyes on a deep playoff run. So maybe they want to make a statement in week one. And you do that by beating a Blackman team who has a lot to show. So I'm curious to see how both teams come out early on. Is it going to be a fast paced start for Brentwood to try to maybe match Blackman's pace or do they try to grind it out a little bit and, and wear them down? I'm going to step out on limb here, Chris. Mark my words, Brentwood will beat one of those other th- uh, other three teams. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I feel good it. at. Yeah, I feel good in that prediction too, Scott. I, I I'm like you, Chris. I think this Brentwood team is kind of being overlooked. They lost some starters from last year, but when you look a little bit deeper, they've got a lot of seniors coming back. They've got a lot of kids that have played a lot of football. And I go back to it, you know, a lot of times losing starters, yeah, that's something that's important. But when you've got a lot of kids and a big school like Brentwood that's had an opportunity to play, I think they're going to surprise some people. So, you know, don't don't turn away and look away from Brentwood. I think they they could surely shock some folks this year. Yeah, yeah. And shock may not even be the operative war. They may just plumb out beat them. I mean, the way that region sets up is, you know, it's it's. Very, very heavy at the top, but you know what is the top? We haven't figured that out, and yeah. we may not figure that out for a while. You won't be able to afford to have an off week. No, not, not one no. bit. Not one bit. Smyrna at Stewart's Creek is one of those we'll pick later on as well, and these two teams were supposed to play for a region championship last year before Stewart's Creek got sidelined by COVID and ending their season. So, you know, Gabe Walker at Stewart's Creek, a player to watch, obviously, for the Red Hawks. Uh, Landon Miller, quarterback for Smyrna. Jeremiah Ace Bailey for the for the Bulldogs. These two teams, they're rivals. They're just a couple, a few miles apart there in Smyrna. What a great way to start off week week one of the regular season in Rutherford County for these two teams to battle. Yeah, it's a shame, Chris, that uh, we we didn't get uh, this game later on in the season when we could have gone over there for some uh, smoked wings over at Slick Pig. Um, <laughs> um, Good product placement there, Scott. Yeah, well, <laughs> I would love to say that there was a reason for that other than the fact that I'm hungry and the smoke wings are excellent. I'll second, um, that. I'll second that, yeah. But, you know, for, for uh, Stewart's Creek, I think uh, 
I think Taylor uh, Monavong, if I pronounce that correctly, uh, he may be the key for them because he he is. Uh, I think special teams is really going to make a difference for Stewart's Creek. They got a great kicker in Upton Belfont, and uh, and Taylor he's going to he's got great speed, great vision. He can turn the game around returning the ball. Uh, you know, it wouldn't be su- uh, surprising uh, that their special teams don't flip field position and that they don't win a couple of games based on special teams alone. Yeah. And, guys, you mentioned this being a rivalry game, but bear this in mind. This is the ninth meeting, and Stewart's Creek is 0-8 against uh, Mount Julia – or, excuse me, against Smyrna, and that does count last year with the, the COVID. Of course, they were chomping at the bit to play that game there at the end of the regular season. So, count Stewart's Creek as a team with a bit of a chip on their shoulder, not only for this game, but I think – because they didn't get the opportunity to go into the postseason last year. For Smyrna, something I found a little bit interesting, this is one of the smallest rosters they've had in about a decade and a half, and uh, some depth concerns there. Still a talented team, but I think that they've got some things that they're concerned about as far as uh, you know the kind of depth that they've been able to enjoy in the past. Yep. Yeah, they got a, a big back there, Arian Carter, that uh, – I really, really like seeing him up close at a few games. He has the potential to be something special there in the backfield, and they've got Landon Miller running the offense. So you never can count them out. It's just going to be how quickly uh, can they get up to speed, and you know, does the depth become a factor later in the season? Yep. Yeah, that that's one thing that they'll have to answer, obviously. But uh, I would imagine Smyrna still wants to contend for that 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 region title with Cambridge, and this will be a good measuring stick for them to start out in week one. Gallatin to Mount Juliet, on the other hand, a longtime rivalry that is kind of renewed. These two teams, you know, they have some things to prove this year. I know Mount Juliet was a little disappointed the way the playoffs ended for them. Gallatin didn't have a good year at home. So getting a win in, in the opener to start 2021 would be big for both schools. Yeah, I think Galton uh, really, really needs to come out and set the tone early. They had a really rough year last year. Now, hopefully, they can just you know shove that behind them and lock it away, you know, bury it in the backyard, and never think of it. But uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see who comes out of that Galton team. They've I want to see this team be consistent on the field. Uh, not turn the ball over, not make mental mistakes. Uh, the defense, I think, at Galton is is really their their uh, calling card. I think their defense is really, really good. If their running game can uh, can match that, they're going to be a very, very dangerous team. Yeah, I agree with that, Scott. I, I think they've got to get uh, get that offense going with the run game because their defense, when you look at the linebacking core and the secondary, they've got some experience there. They've got some talent there. And as I mentioned, seeing them in the preseason, of course, that's only one scrimmage, and it is a scrimmage. But that defense is flying around the field, and they're aggressive, and they, you know they're barking at one another, and they're just pumped up. And uh, that, that's kind of indicative of what you see with Coach Chad Watson. He gets these guys fired up. The offense, though, it looked a little discombobulated at times. They had trouble hanging on to the football. Uh, I know they've been in a quarterback search that I think is carried on into the fall uh, practices. And so if Gallatin can establish a good run game, you know, at best, I think this defense is going to keep them in a lot of games. Yep. We'll be interesting to see who gets out of that one. Um, could be a really close one, and I'm, I'm curious to see how you guys pick this one this week as well. Fairview Page, Battle of 840, uh, one of those Williamson County rivalries. Had a big, had a low scoring game last year. 
this one may be a little bit higher scoring this time just because I think the offenses are a little bit improved, especially on the page side. Uh, Jake McNamara for the Patriots quarterback there committed to Colorado State. Looking for him to kind of make a statement in week one and have a big nine against Fairview. Fairview upset page 16 to three last year. So, Scott, let's uh, let's, let's dive into this one for, for just a minute. Yeah, I think that Paige has is got has had this game scheduled circled on their calendar uh, ever since last year. They were not happy with their performance. They, they didn't feel like it was indicative of their team, but I think they had line issues at the very beginning of the season plus COVID. You just didn't know how things were going to affect teams coming out of an offseason with so many so many questions. I don't think that that Paige team uh was itself last year. Uh, I, I like uh, I like uh, McNamara a lot. I think he's an excellent quarterback. Um, it's going to be a really interesting game because I think this year the strength of Fairview is going to be their defense. And, you know, so this game is going to be really interesting to see how these two teams, you know, it's kind of like the immovable object and the unstoppable force. Uh, it's going to be really interesting to see who gets out of the gate quickly in the, in this uh, in this game? As you mentioned with Fairview, seven starters back on uh, defense this year. You like those numbers if you're a head coach, and you've got uh, three starters back on your offensive line. You've got a, a key reserve back on that offensive line. And, uh, guys, I'm always big on the trenches. If you're strong in the trenches, um, you know, even if you're a young offense – you, you've got a chance because, you know, you've got more time to kind of, you hope at least, to make some things happen in, in the offensive backfield. But, uh, Paige, you mentioned McNamara, good dual-threat quarterback. He's got a lot of weapons around him too, and uh, um, this is a good matchup, guys. I just like both of these teams. I think uh, I think it's going to be a good battle with that Fairview defense versus McNamara and uh, uh, just a good early test for both of these teams. Yeah, for sure, and one of those really good rivalries to, to open up the year. We'll see several of them this week, and, and always a fun way to open up the season when you've got a rival right there at your doorstep waiting to get it on. So, yeah, curious to see how that one turns out. Um, let's take another break, and when we come back, we'll hit up some more games before we get ready to pick them. So, keep it here on the Midstate 48, presented by 615 Preps. We're back in a minute. Back here on the Midstate 48, week one preview edition. We continue previewing some of the best games in week one. CPA Independence is up next and could be one of the best games of the week just because of the talent that's involved. Um, really intriguing. These two teams didn't get to play last year. Defending Division Two double champ CPA at Independence, who's also one of those Williamson County teams trying to make a statement. So this could be fun. Yeah, I, th I think so. I, I think that the uh, Independence has really uh, done a good job of replacing some key pieces. They get uh, uh, a BGA transfer and Joe Cummings to run the quarterback. You got River Katina. Uh, you know, you probably uh, did. You uh, did you cover that practice, Chris? I got to the scrimmage there against Hillsboro. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That uh, yeah. I remember you, you pointing him out. Yeah, I remember you pointing him out. I have not got to see him up close. Uh, other than at the that media day, I've not got to see him play. Uh, I'm really interested to see how those guys do. But really, the one that uh, stands out to me is this Ty Lockwood kid, six five, two twenty five, power five. Uh, uh, he's getting power five offers. A tight end, yeah. And, and yeah, I don't know what it is, but it seems like tight ends out there right now. There are a ton of good ones in Middle Tennessee. Yeah. Um, 
CPA is CPA. I uh, like I said uh, in the last episode, they they don't uh, they don't rebuild, they reload, uh, and they look absolutely ready to go again. I think that they, I don't think Ingle Martin has uh, allowed them to rest on on their laurels of what they what they did last year. I think that these guys, I think Langston Patterson's hungry. I think Cade Law is still hungry. I think they want to put it back to back. Um, you know, this team is, is, uh, this, this is going to be a fun game because I think that there's enough offensive weapons that it's going to be, uh, really interesting to see which defense is able to, to make a stop. Yeah, absolutely. This could be an offensive shootout, guys. And uh, you mentioned Cummings for Independence. I've already talked about just how impressed I've been with CPA. But when you look at Independence, Cummings has some weapons around him, guys. The one main concern I've got for him and at offense right now is just the offensive line. And you know there's bodies there, but You've only got two young men coming back that, uh, that had a whole lot of game experience last year. So uh, some question marks up front. Will that affect them in game one? We'll find out. Uh, they're definitely going to be challenged by CPA. But uh, I can I could never been seeing it as being a high-scoring game coming up Friday night. Yeah, well, one thing Independence does well is that quick passing game. So they kind of can mitigate some of the offensive line issues by getting the ball out faster and getting those guys out in space. And that's one thing a Scott Blade offense will do. They will get you out in space and, and make you go make a tackle. And with these receivers, that's hard to do sometimes. NBA Ravenwood up next. We talked about this briefly earlier, but the quarterback matchup here is juicy with Marcel Reed and Chris Parson. But really, I mean, you know, this is Ravenwood breaking into the new turf too, which would be good for them. Yeah, that that'll be uh, considering what they had gone through uh, in previous years with that uh, natural surface. I think that uh, this was a long time coming. Uh, for them. So I think that that's going to be uh, an interesting surface for them to play on after playing on uh, where, what, what was it? Two years ago, they ended up having to move and play several Blackman on their turf. They played in Nolansville. And Nolansville. That's right. That's right. Um, so it, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see that. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of things there. That's one of them. Um, you know, I'm sorry, Scott. I was just going to say that uh, uh, for Ravenwood, too, let's not forget Will Hester's back at head coach, and uh, he led this team to a championship back in 15 before he left out for Nolansville, and he comes back with that spread offense. Now, he's been away for a few years, and some of the faces have changed even on the coaching staff, so how quickly will they adapt to this um, to this system of his? But with Chris Parson back there, quarterback, guys, I think it's going to be pretty smooth transition. I think we're going to see a pretty good offensive output right out of the gate with this Ravenwood team, a lot of weapons surrounding Parson on that offense. And they've got a good defense to boot. Let's not forget about that. So, um, you know, I, I think a great uh, week one matchup. A lot of these games, guys, we're talking about, I just see a lot of really tough, tough matchups and toss-up games here, this being another one of them. And I think that's something that a lot of the teams in uh, Middle Tennessee have learned from programs like Ravenwood, from programs like CPA that have gone out there and scheduled difficult games early and throughout the season to sharpen their skills against instead of playing somebody that, you know, should, they should have, you know, resting their starters and, and things like that. I think Oakland is one of the few that, uh, and that's because they were just, you know, who are they going to get that was better or that would play them? You know, uh, you, you talk about, uh, you know, Chris Parson, I, you know, and, and I, if you haven't looked at it, folks, 
Go back and look at some of our, our video, the seven-on-seven. Seven. This guy throws from, like, Gumby positions. I mean, and right on the money. It's just uh, he is he's going to be fun to watch. Um, but you brought up the defense, uh, Tom, and Reggie Grimes' defense. He's got a guy back there in Roman Bunza, 6'2", 265, is anchoring the D-line. I think that uh, – He's going to be somebody to keep an eye on for Ravenwood this year. Uh, you know, of course, they have uh, Miles Pollard and me and uh, Lee Mollett in the in the backfield. But I think that uh, that Roman's going to be uh, one of those kids that people will be talking about at the end of the season. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of talent on both sides of the ball for Ravenwood. NBA may actually kind of be a bit of an underdog here, just because of you know some defensive questions for them. But I wouldn't count out anybody. With Marcel Reed, quarterback, I mean, here's a young man who was starring in a state championship game like Chris Parson was in Texas in his freshman year. So both these quarterbacks have something in common. They've been in big games already before their junior years and kind of on the same career arc, if you will. And, you know, Chris Parson already committed to Florida State. Marcel Reed, still unknown where he'll commit. But, you know, he's still got plenty of time. And I think this game is going to be a, a kind of a really good start to the year for one or maybe even both quarterbacks. I'm, I'm really excited to see how this game plays out. You, you can't ever count out a Marty Everard team. You, you just can't. Uh, I, I think that, you know, you know, he scheduled this game for a reason. These guys are going to come out. Um, yeah, I think they're, you know, they're going to have a sharp uh, come out, uh, I think, sharper than they did last year. And uh, it really, I, like I said, I'm just really excited to be able to cover this game. Hillsboro Pope John Paul II, another another of these quarterbacks we're talking about, Kenny Minchie at JP2. Uh, they've got Hillsboro to open their season. Pope's looking to make a statement, and that statement is we want to do more than just make the playoffs. And although every team in Division II AAA makes the playoffs this year, they want a deep run, and this may be the team that can do it. But first, Hillsboro is going to come in there and try to give them all they got. Yeah, I like this Hillsborough team. They've got uh, most of their offensive line back. Uh, one thing, Coach Maurice Fitzgerald, he's had a long, illustrious career, and uh, he, he's not stepped out of football, but certainly he stepped aside as the head coach. So you got a new coaching regime coming in for Hillsborough. But, uh, you know, you, you, you inherit some pretty good talent on this team, and I know they, they had some questions at quarterback going through the spring and summer months a little bit. Uh, Pope John Paul don't have that issue. Minchie, I, I think he's the real deal, guys. I think he's a guy you you kind of keep an eye on as a if you want to say dark horse, Mister Football candidate. That's fine, but I think he's going to maybe be in the running for that again. Can Elijah Robb step up for Antoine Roberts in the backfield? That's going to be a big key. We talked about that a bit in the preview show, and uh, um, you know the defense has got several starters. They're very good. Special teams unit is Pope John Paul, and uh, a tough region for them, but. Uh, PJP, they, they want to make some noise, like you said, Chris, and uh, I don't uh, – I'd be surprised if it don't make some noise this year. Let me put it that way. I think both these teams, uh, you know, they're, they're both offensively very, very good. Um, I think that JP2 is, is, uh, is one of those teams that uh, is going to scheme you, is going to uh, – you know, they have the skilled players. They're going to – they're going to play, you know, disciplined, and I think Hillsboro is going to line up and just knock the out of you. Uh, they have a great offensive line. I think that uh, 
they're going to do, you know, they're replacing quarterback in, uh, in Jalen Macon, who went off to Arkansas Pine Bluff. So they got to solve that. But they have skill position players and speed to burn on the outside. But I really, really think that they're going to try to get that ball uh, and, and try to run the ball and use their offensive line to kind of move, you know, and control the game a little bit more. Last year they were really they really did a good job of that. Their biggest problem last year was just not having that, season to start out and hone their skills. And so their early games, there are a lot of mistakes. There are a lot of fumbles. There's a lot of frustration. There was a lot of penalties. Uh, I think that Hillsborough coming into this season is going to be a totally different team than what you saw last year. Uh, that being said, JP2 is, you know, they're the real deal. And I think that, like Chris said, they've got bigger things than just, you know, just doing good this yeah. year, I think yeah. I think they have certain goals that they want. That if uh, if they're not competing for for their uh, for their class, that they're going to be they're going to be very very upset with themselves. Yeah, we mentioned Hillsboro. Obviously, Anthony Brown takes over as head coach, but there's not a ton of change on that staff because basically he slides in from the from a coordinator position to to head coach, and there wasn't a ton of turnover. So I think they're going to be comfortable with the coaching staff in place, and there won't be a lot of carryover effect as far as getting ready for the season. So I think this Hillsboro team has a chance to make some noise out of the gate pretty quickly. But that said, JP2 wants to make a ton of noise, and I think this is a good first statement for them to do just that. Another one of these rivalry games we keep talking about, Trousdale County at Friendship Christian. They've been longtime rivals and, and play a lot of close, low-scoring games and kind of figures to be another one of those uh, and really – both teams have high hopes. Friendship Christian wants to kind of bounce back from a disappointing 2020. Trousdale County was a step away from the Blue Cross Bowl. The last two years haven't gotten there. They're hungry for a title. Guys, what do you make of this opener? Well, I think that uh, Friendship Christian is uh, – they're really going to have to come out of the gate strong. And, you know, they're, they're young. Uh, this is one of those games that – you know, playing Trusted County in the first game of the season with this many people returning, it, it, that's a tall task. So they're going to have to grow up really, really quickly, those players that haven't haven't played. Uh, that being said, set, uh, starting your season with a Trousdale County helps you grow up. So I think that this is going to be a really solid test uh, for uh, for the commanders. Now, Trousdale County, you know, this is a physical team. I think that they're they're getting some pieces back at the running back position. They had one out with uh, injury uh, in in Claiborne last year, and then one that missed uh, uh, the season has come back. And Harper, um, you know, I think that Trousel County right now, uh, if they can put it all together, they'll they'll make a run at uh, this whole region. It may not be it 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 may not be Watertown's year. And maybe maybe whoever wins this region can break the can break the uh, curse of the playoffs. But uh, yeah, but then again, yeah, you know, like you said, Chris, you better not fall asleep on East Robertson out there. Right. Yeah, and it, Trousdale County guys, they're they're experienced, they're deep. Uh, Keenan Burnley is the guy I'm going to start with, and I'll go back to Swiss Army Knife. You know, he's going to give you some minutes at quarterback, but he's also he'll line up at the backfield. He may line up at receiver. He's just a great talent back there, guys. And uh, that's the thing with Trousdale County. They'll they'll throw a lot at you. And this year, Coach Satterfield has got the weapons. This year, I don't think it's about winning the region. 
and all of that. They want to get past Meigs County. They want to get into a champion. It's been a while, guys, in Hartsville. You know the natives in Hartsville. They expect gold balls. They don't care about semifinals. They don't care about being a runner-up. Right. They care about winning. And I think um, this is as good a team as Trousdale County's had in quite some time. But a good test for both teams out of the gate. I like John McNeil, the coach at Friendship Christian. I talked about this in the preview shows. And he does have a young team. Friendship may get out of the gate a little slow. But watch these guys as the season goes along. This team, I think, will get a lot better, and they'll play their best football come playoff time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah, could could still be a low-scoring game, as these two teams have typically done in, in the past, and I uh, wouldn't be surprised if there's another 14-10 to 10 type game in this one as well. We've got to take another break. After this, we're going to make a fix because – it's time for who you got right after the break. So stick with us on the Mid-State 48 presented by 615 Preps. We're back in a minute. How we talk about DCA and MTCA in this one. Yeah. yeah. I'll come back. We'll come back to that real quick. Do what? I got to look into the clock. All right, we'll pick up, yep. we'll pick that up real quick, and then we'll come back to the break. Well, you remember, you got break time in this clock too. I, I know, but I'm only running. I'm only about about six minutes of a play there, so we can't waste time on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's try this again. Three, two, one. All right, DCA at Middle Tennessee Christian is our spotlight game of the week because, well, honestly, the quarterback matchup here is pretty darn good as well. With Aiden Hooper at Middle Tennessee Christian, Bradford Gaines at DCA. You know, these two teams, they also didn't get to play each other last year because of COVID, and they're no longer region rivals, but it's a pretty good little opener for both of them. Guys, this could be an absolute shootout. Very well, it could, and uh, DCA comes back with 18 starters back this year, 10 on offense, 8 on defense. You talk about the quarterback matchup, Bradford Gaines, 1,300 yards, 18 touchdowns last year, and uh, then you turn around, you got Aiden Hooper. I think a lot of people uh, whispered about him possibly being in the Mr. Football race and uh, two good quarterbacks. Uh, I kind of look for a shootout in this game, guys. I think uh, two good offenses here, and, um, uh, you know, last year, as you mentioned, Chris, they didn't get a chance to play, and I think a good barometer for both teams right out of the gate. I agree. I think it's going to come down to whoever has the ball last. Um, you know, Tom, you pretty much covered it. It's, uh, you know, DCA is, you know, the offensively they're very strong. Uh, you know, Miltissi Christian, uh, very, very strong offensively. It's going to be interesting to whose defense is able to stand up. Um, you know, as far as this year, we talked about those in the preview, in the preview episodes, uh, so, uh, you know, how, you know, how I feel about DCA. <laughs> yeah, really, really. It's going to come down to key stops, not just getting a bunch of stops, but just getting a stop at the right time is going to be critical in this one. Uh, could see some fireworks in Murfreesboro for sure. When we come back, we will have who you got. We'll pick our winners for this week in these 10 games, and then we'll close the show off for week one. So stick here on the Mid-State 48 presented by 615 Preps. We're back in just a minute. Back here in the Mid-State 48, it's time for who you got. Time for us to make our picks for the top games of the week. And I want to bring up the big board and tell you we've got some more people picking this year. Our Friday night correspondent, Drake Williams, will have his picks. The three of us will have our picks. And then on the right, if you're watching on YouTube, you see the name of Reggie. So you're wondering, who's Reggie? We haven't talked about him. Well, here's Reggie. Our next pick 
will be the Battle of 840. This will be Fairview and Page. Okay, release the prognosticator. And it looks like he's made his pick. Went straight to it. Oh, he has he changed his mind? <laughs> nope, it's his pick, and he has picked Fairview. So there you go. We get the first pick of the season from Reggie. He's taking Fairview in the Battle of 840, which we'll get to in a minute. But like we said, our Friday night correspondent, Drake Williams, will. Yeah, how'd you like that? You like Reggie pop up on the screen like that? I did, I did like that. I'm yeah. in so much trouble already. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with Pearl Cone and Kane Ridge. And Drake Williams, with his first pick, he is taking Pearl Cone. Tom, who you got? I got to go Pearl Cone too, guys. I, I put it as a slight upset, but I, I don't know if it would be classified as such. But uh, I, I, I like the Firebirds. I like Barry and Brown. Scott? Yep. Barry and Brown, the X Factor here. I'm going to go Pearl Cone as well. Uh, I can't say that I disagree with that. I think the Firebirds make a statement early. And Reggie's picking Kane Ridge. So we've got uh, Reggie going with the Ravens and everybody else taking Pearl Cone. Brett Wood at Blackman is our next game. Oh, I, I expect uh, I expect this to be a like you said a really good game. Um, you know how effective the new system is going to be for for uh, Blackman. I think it's going to be a few weeks. Uh, I'm going to take Brentwood here. Sorry, I jumped out in front of you, Tom. That's okay. Yeah. That, that's perfectly fine. I went back and forth and back and forth on this game. This was one of the tougher ones for me. At the end, I look at Brentwood's offense, and Blackman has struggled a bit on defense. It's just like you said, Scott, that Blackman offense may take a little time to get just totally into that system. I'm going with Brentwood. Yeah, Drake picked Brentwood as well, and I, I also kind of thought about this for a minute, but I went the same way. I, I'm going to go with the experience of quarterback, and I'm taking Davis White and the Bruins in this one. Who did Reggie pick? Well, Reggie picked Brentwood as well, so it's a clean sweep, five for five for Brentwood in that opener at Blackman. Let's go to Stewart's Creek, where Drake's got Smyrna and the visiting team in that one. Uh, Tom? I go with Stewart's Creek. I think they're going to get their first ever win over Smyrna, and it's a big rivalry battle. I, I think they've got the chip on the shoulder. I think they pulled it out this week. All right, Scott? I think, think it's going to be a really good game, but I expect Gabe Walker and the Red Hawks to control the line and win this one. I'll take Stewart's Creek. All right. I, I Going with that one as well. I think the Red Hawks have a chip on their shoulder, and they're coming after this one. They want to make a statement in week one, and I think this is the week to do it. So I'm taking the Red Hawks as well. Let's see Reggie's pick. He's picking Stewart's Creek as well to make it four out of five. So the Red Hawks get everybody but Drake. Drake has Smyrna in this one. Everybody else takes Stewart's Creek. Gallatin at Mount Juliet. In that rivalry game, Drake says Mount Juliet. Tom, what do you say? I got to go with Mount Juliet at home. I like the Gallatin defense, but I think overall Mount Juliet, uh, they're strong in the trenches, and that's what really stands out to me. And Mount Juliet, I think, wins this one. Scott? I, I agree. I think uh, uh, I think Gallatin will be better, but right now I think Mount Juliet is just a little bit better than they are. Yeah, I think this is a tough opener for Gallatin just because Mount Juliet is kind of a hungry team as well. And, and being at home may play enough of a role for them to win this game. I'm going with Mount Juliet as well. Did Reggie make it five for five? He certainly did. Reg Reggie goes to Mount Juliet, so it's a queen sleep for the Golden Bears. Fairview at Page in the Battle of 840. We already know who Reggie picked. We'll get to that in a second. But Drake's going with Fairview in the Battle of 840. Tom, who you have? You know, I like to go with defense a lot, so normally I would say seven starters back for Fairview, but something I like about Page in this game, uh, Jake McNamara, I think that's the biggest X factor in this game for me. I'm going to go with Page. All right. 
Uh, totally agree. I like Jake McNamara. I think he's got the receivers on the outside in case and Walker. I think that uh, they, they win this one. Yep. I expect this to kind of be a little low scoring, kind of like last year, but I think Jake McNamara does make enough of a difference for Page to win this one. Still think it's a pretty close game, though. So I'm, I'm taking the Patriots. And we know Reggie picked Fairview, so let's go ahead and get his take and make it official. So <laughs> Reggie has the Yellow Jackets, Drake has the Yellow Jackets, and the three of us take the Patriots in the I, see. 40. I was going to say, I can already see I'm going to be down two games to Reggie after the, the first five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and what he I mentioned, beats me, I'm going to have to buy more kids, more treats. <laughs> yeah, there's your, there's your wager right there. And fans, if you're yeah. listening, I want you to make sure and vote for these games and who you got on 615preps.com. You can vote until Thursday night at 7 p.m. for all of these games and take your shot against us and see how well you do. And the fans tend to do pretty well, so good luck. So five more games to go. CPA Independence up next. And Drake has CPA winning this one at Independence. Tom, what say you? You know, in normal cases, it'd be hard to go against independents at home, uh, uh, you know, especially with Joe Cummings, who transferred in for BGA. But, man, CPA looks absolutely loaded. Got to go with them in this first game. Yep. Scott? Uh, I don't want to get hit anymore. I'm going CPA. <laughs> <laughs> Explain that story real quick, why, why you mentioned that. Uh, but I got trucked by a, C- by a CPA lineman while I was on the sidelines filming the other night. Uh I've never flown on my own before until that moment. Did you get the number of that truck is what I want to know. Absolutely not. <laughs> Are you getting frequent flyer miles? Uh, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> All right. I got to go with CPA as well. I think Independence makes this one a fun, maybe even a high scoring game, but I'm going to take CPA in this one just because I think that, you know, a little bit of experience on their side as well. And, and the defending champs make a statement coming out, but, Independence is one I'm going to watch all year long. So who did that? Reggie makes it a clean sweep, taking CPA over Independence. So five for five for CPA. NBA Ravenwood. Drake's going with Ravenwood. Tom? I got to take Ravenwood at home as well. I think Chris Parsons got a lot of weapons at his disposal. I look for an explosive game out of him, and I think Ravenwood wins it. All right, Scott? Uh, I like Reggie Grimes' defense here. I'm going to go with Ravenwood as well. Okay. I'm going to take the home team in this one just because I think a little bit of home field advantage could help Raymond Wood, but NBA will keep us in close, I think, throughout. Reggie is going with NBA. So he's taking Marcel Reed and the Big Red in this one. Everybody else goes with Raymond Wood. Hillsborough and JP2. Drake's going with the Knights of JP2. Tom? Kevin mentioned the Knights. I think Elijah Robb is going to have a good game in his first started tailback and uh, prove that he's a worthy successor to Antoine Roberts. Scott? I think it's a new year for Hillsborough. I think that uh, uh, they learned a lot from last year, um, but uh, I'm going JP2. Yeah, I got to agree. I, I think Minchie makes it a big statement for them. Um, I'm going with the Knights in this one as well. Reggie is taking Hillsborough to make it another lone wolf mm. for the cap. <laughs> <laughs> Cats and wolves don't like each other, Chris. They do not. They do not. <laughs> Trousdale County Friendship Christian. Drake's taking the Yellow Jackets of this one, Tom. Chris, I'm going to go against the grain. In fact, uh, of what you said earlier, that this will be a close game. I think Trousdale County is going to win this handily over Friendship Christian. I, and like I said earlier, though, I think Friendship will get better as the season goes along. Statement game, Trousdale County wins big. Okay. 
Scott? Yeah, I agree. I, I think they'll get it all together eventually, but I don't think they do it in the first week of the season. Give me the Jackets. Yeah, this rivalry, of, I'm looking for Trousdale County's defense to make a statement here, and I think they will, so I'm taking the Yellow Jackets as well. Reggie goes with Friendship Christian, so the home team does get a little love from any, from him at least. So everybody else going with Trousdale County. And our spotlight game to finish up, DCA at Middle Tennessee Christian as Drake takes MTCS and the Cougars to win at home in week one. Tom, what say you? Good quarterback battle. Bradford gains for DCA. You've got Aiden Hooper there with Middle Tennessee Christian. What I like about DCA is they've got 18 starters back. Uh, both teams lost to the university or USJ, I'll say, in the playoffs last year. I still think DCA is just a little bit better at this point. Scott? Yeah, I agree. I like the continuity the Wildcats have with so much returning, especially this early in the year. Give me the DCA. All right. I got to go with DCA as well, but uh, I'm taking the over on this one. I think it's going to be high scoring. Both teams probably in the 30s at least. And, and fireworks and, and, and the ball being slung around the yard all night long should be a fun one there at Middle Tennessee Christian. Reggie gets to wrap us up. Who's he got? He's taking DCA. So four for DCA, one for Middle Tennessee Christian. Let's go back and review the picks just real quick on the screen. Pearl Cone gets all of our votes. Brentwood gets all of our votes. Drake goes Lone Wolf with Smyrna over Stewart's Creek. Everybody else takes the Red Hawks. Mount Julia gets all of our votes. Three of us take Paige. Drake and Reggie get Fairview. CPA gets all of our votes. Ravenwood gets four out of five. Reggie has NBA. Pope John Paul II gets four out of five. Hillsboro goes to Reggie. Trousdale County gets four out of five, and Reggie goes to Friendship Christian. DCA gets four out of five. Drake goes with Middle Tennessee Christian. So that's how we fare in the voting for week one. We'll come back next week and, and see how we did or how we didn't do. But I want to mention week one. Week one tends to have some surprises, so I wouldn't be shocked if our records just get blown all the you-know-what <laughs> in this first week just because you know there are unknowns. There are things we haven't seen, and teams kind of play it close to the vest and, and jamborees and and whatnot. So I'm, I'm interested to see how some teams come out and whether what we've seen kind of matches what we think we were going to see or not. Yeah, I got to agree with you. You get a lot of surprises in week one. Let's not forget how many close matchups. I mean, a lot of these games, guys, I'm sure you like I was, eh, you can weigh a lot of options here, look at it several different ways. So I think we're going to see some tight battles here in week one. All right. Yeah. I think it's going to be a fun week. Time for one last word, guys. Tom, we'll start with you. Well, guys, I'm just looking forward to getting back to normal on the football field, on the high school football field. I'm excited. I know you guys are excited. It's going to be good to see, as we've talked about, the fans back in the stands, the cheerleaders, the bands, everything, the ambiance of a Friday night football game under the lights, the smell of the food. You can't beat it, guys. This is Christmas part two for me. I love this time of year. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, all I can say is, uh, folks, you want to, uh, keep up with uh, our picks. Keep up with this show. Make sure you go and like and subscribe us on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, follow uh, all of our our Twitter individual Twitter pages for highlights. Um, you know, and and just buckle up because it's going to be a good season. We're finally here, and it, like you, you said, Tom, it's Christmas for everybody. I played some Christmas music even the other day, just going through <laughs> photos because it felt so good to be having football back. I know it may be blasphemous for whatever, but I don't care. Michael it, it, it's football. It was actually. So you can replace jingle bells with high school ball. You know, all you got to do is change <laughs> some lyrics around and you've got this. There you go. There you go. 
That's Video's it. coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, it took us a little bit of overtime to get through all of it this week, but that's okay because sometimes you need a little overtime to get what you need done. So even though we say 48 minutes or less, overtime could still happen, and that's what happened this week. Even though, you know, it's week one, we're happy to have it back. We're happy to have you back. We hope you enjoy enjoy the show. Hope you keep um, review and subscribe everything on YouTube and Twitter and Instagram and all that good stuff. Make sure you follow us on social media and keep it to 615preps.com. We've got a lot of coverage coming your way this year. Week one's going to be a fun one. We're looking forward to seeing you out there. Let's have a ball. Let's have a great year. And we will see you guys next week. So for Scott Burton, for Tom Duggan, I'm Chris Brooks. Thanks for watching the Mid-State 48, where we try to get you ready for Friday in 48 minutes or less. Or I go over time, of course. The Mid-State 48, powered by 615 Preps, is a production of B-Squared Media, LLC.